Welcome to the sermon podcast for New Life Church's Cabot Campus. We are located at 3400 West Main Street in Cabot, Arkansas. Our service times are Sundays at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. To find more information about what we believe, upcoming events, and more, please visit newlifechurch.tv or you can text the word Cabot to 88,000. How many of y'all are thankful to be back in a routine? Kids back in school, come on now. It helps us so much, helps us so much. If you have your Bibles, you can open your Bible app. We'll have it on the screens. Turn to Luke chapter 13. That's gonna be our main text today. As Angela mentioned, we're starting this new series. Uh, It's the same series we started last year with. And uh, man, it really just helps us get centered and, and helps us get connected to what God wants to do, but also the vision that he's given us as a church family. Uh... I see a lot of new faces, people that I I don't recognize, and I'm so glad that you guys are here with us. Uh, I know some of that might be connected to New Year's resolutions, that type of thing, and and uh, but my hope would be that it would not just be something that's a resolution, but that it would be something that that God does in your heart, where you are fully committed to a local body of believers. And and here's the thing: I, I know that this may not wind up being the church or the church flavor that connects with you. And, uh, and I've said this before, maybe it's been a while, but I feel led to say it right now. If this isn't the church or the church flavor that you feel like you're gonna best connect to, uh, I would love to help you find that church. I have relationships with so many of the pastors in our community, and we are blessed to have a lot of amazing churches. And I've been in some communities where the churches and their pastors, man, they never talk to each other. They're in like competition. It's, it's honestly a little bit demonic the way sometimes churches act towards each other in, in some communities. But I want to let you know that is not the way it is here in our community. Uh, we have kingdom-minded people that just love the Lord and they're doing their best to pastor and shepherd people. And so... I know a lot of them, so and I know their their flavor. I know their vision. I meet with them once a month. Uh, there's eight or ten pastors. We all gather together and and just you know talk about what's going on. And and I would love to. If this isn't the church, I would invite you come and say, "Hey, love your church, but it's just not my flavor." Let's talk about what you're looking for, because I want to get you connected to the body of Christ. You need the body of Christ and the body of Christ needs you. And the body of Christ has to act like the body of Christ that Jesus is coming back for. Jesus is not gonna come back for the name on the front of this building. He's coming back for his bride. And the bride has to act like a unified body of Christ. Amen? Amen. Let's get into this text. Luke 13, verse six, it says, Then he told this parable, a man had a fig tree growing in his vineyard and he went to look for fruit on it, but didn't find any. So he said to the man who took care of the vineyard for three years now, I've been coming to look for fruit on this fig tree and haven't found any. Cut it down. Why should it use up the soil? Sir, the man replied, leave it alone for one more year and I'll dig around it and fertilize it. If it bears fruit next year, fine. If not, if not, then cut it down. Let's pray real quick. Father, thank you for your word. I pray that you would minister to us by your spirit through the truth of your word. I just confess my utter dependency on you. 
And if there's any way that you can use this broken vessel to communicate anything from your throne, I pray that you would do it. And I pray that hearts and minds would be open to receive. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. If you missed last week, I encourage you, we've got a podcast. It's on YouTube as well. I'd encourage you to go back. We just talked about how do you get a fresh start? Coming into New Year, how do you get a fresh start? We talked about how first you got to be honest with where you're at. And as you're honest with your, where you're at, the Holy Spirit will show you some areas that maybe you need to cut away. And then you've got to get moving. But as you're moving, the only way that you're going to continue to move is you've got to have healthy feeding in your life. You've got to be consuming the Word of God and around biblical community with people that are encouraging you to feed on the truth of God's Word. Uh, when we get into the beginning of a year, it's an opportunity to kind of hit a reset button. And I always think about the old Nintendo gaming unit, right? Like the reset button, because like if I get in there, I, I, would, I, I would try to play Mario Brothers 3. And, and here's the thing, like I would try to break my own record with how quickly I could get through the game. But if I get in there and I'd miss an extra man or something like that, or I didn't get the whistle, remember the whistle? If I didn't get on some of that stuff, reset button, got to reset that button. Or you go in and you put in your cheat code on something, but you didn't put it in right reset button. You just start all over again. Sometimes in life, it feels like you're messing up the game. And I'm thankful for opportunities we have to push reset. And the Holy Spirit will do that. The thing is, we'll feel that, I think, just intuitively, but the Holy Spirit actually wants to work in that space. The Holy Spirit is the helper. He helps us see those things. There's always areas that we know, I think, even without the help of the Holy Spirit, hey, we can improve these things, whether it's physical or spiritual or family or money or marriage or attitude, whatever it is, you know those things in your gut. A lot of times you can even think to yourself, things I think can get a lot better. And it's a little bit like watching the Razorbacks, all right? Now, I know this is sensitive. How many of y'all are Razorback fans? Anybody in the house? Okay, that's the most subdued I've ever seen Razorback fans right there. Me. <laughs> okay, I halfway expect that you're gonna call the hogs right now. We're not gonna do that, but I know you're tempted to. Maybe it's just because the loss in basketball is a little fresh from yesterday. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm not trying to do anything too soon. But here's the deal. Speaking specifically about the football team, I wasn't a Razorback fan. I was born and raised in Colorado, but I've been here for almost 20 years now. So every year I become more and more of a Razorback fan. But here's the thing. As I watch that football team, I'm watching, I'm like, I feel like there's something missing. <laughs> I'm not like a football expert or anything, but I watch and I'm like, nah, I think they could be better. I think something's missing, okay? Well, here's the deal. We hired Bobby Petrino. And I know there's all kinds of jokes and memes going around about this too, but I think he's gonna absolutely crush it. I think it's brilliant that they hired him. Why? He's an offensive coordinator. I don't feel like we've really had a good one of those in quite a while. And I think that he has shown that he can do this and he can do it well, okay? I think he's gonna do a great job. How does that relate? It relates because part of my job as your pastor is to be an offensive coordinator to the spiritual health of your life. And so what hopefully happens is, is, is as pastors from Pastor Rick to the campus pastors at all the different campuses, hopefully we get these plays from God and then we call them in to the field and say, this is what we're running. This is what we're doing. Why is that important? Because with all the things that God is trying to do, it's not gonna happen with good intentions. You've gotta have a plan. But every time you make and apply a spiritual commitment, 
you're gonna grow. Every single time. Those commitments then turn into spiritual habits. And when you have spiritual habits around time, money, talents, you will have spiritual muscles. And those spiritual muscles will help you accomplish your spiritual calling. And 1 Timothy 4, 7 says, spend your time and energy in the exercise of keeping spiritually fit. And another way to say that is, take care of your roots. Take care of what is at the core. Your roots must have routines, okay? Your roots have to have routines, but here's the thing, to establish routines, there's a price tag on that. There is gonna take some sacrifice. You're gonna probably have to give up of something else to get those routines. Here's the thing, a lot of us have great positive emotions going into 2024, but your commitments must become stronger than your emotions. Because if they're not, another cycle. So I wanna show you some of the plays that we're gonna be calling over the course of this next month and going into this new year. In January, first of all, we have prayer worship night, January 14th. A lot or several, many of our church family are going public with their faith in Jesus on that night through water baptism. What a great way to start off the year, to start off a week of prayer and fasting, then establishing that covenant for those people. And so we're gonna be here to celebrate that, but we're launching that, that service into our week of prayer and fasting. So Monday through Friday, that week, 15th through the 19th, every morning at 6 a.m. and 8.30, we're gonna open this room, we're gonna open the building, we're gonna have an opportunity for us to come together to worship, to pray some, to hear a short word as we commit that time to the Lord. And I just wanna be completely honest with you. It can be incredibly discouraging sometimes when we come to this time of the year, how low the engagement is from all of you. Now, I'm not saying that the number of people that show up in those morning services are indicative of what's happening for our whole church. I know that people are plugging in and doing something on their own. They may just not be coming to those times, but overall, I wish, I pray, I hope for a time that we would show up to things like that like we would show up to a sporting event that we would bring that kind of commitment, that kind of willingness to sacrifice for the things of God, for some time in his presence, that we would for sporting teams that haven't won you a championship in decades. But you got Jesus who champions you every single day. And I promise you, if you will show up, if you will give of yourself on some level, sacrifice a little bit of sleep on a morning, and if you'll show up in his presence, I promise you this, you're not gonna get done with the week and be like, I really regret doing that. There's never been a time that you're gonna sacrifice anything for the kingdom of God and more of his presence that you're gonna regret it. There's plenty of times you might regret that you didn't. And so during the course of this week, we've asked our people over the years, we've done this since the beginning, the founding of our church, we've had this time every single year. And we always ask people, just give up something in your life. And so a lot of times people give up different media or, or, or technology, those types of things. And I will say, if you don't get off the screen some amount of time that week, you're probably not gonna get that much from God. But if you can get away from that, but we're gonna ask every member in our church to give up something in relation to food, something in relation to food. 
Because a lot of times it's not until you start actually having your physical body give up, sacrifice something, that your spirit man can start rising up and being sensitive to what God's trying to speak. So I don't know what it might be. It might be coffee. God help us. I can tell by the way some of y'all responded, that's exactly what you need to fast. (laughs) You're like, don't make me sacrifice caffeine. And some of y'all, it's sugar, which is your version of coffee. Like most, some of y'all, it's just like, I like a lot of sugar, a little bit of coffee, all right? I don't know what it is, but I know this. If you'll give it up, if you'll give it up, and every time you think about it, and every time you think about how much you would like to have it, and if in that moment you say, but I'm doing it because I want to get closer to God, he is faithful. He is faithful. You will grow. You will hear from him. And I'd encourage you to do that. We got life group launch, January 21st. Our life groups, that's where discipleship, that's where community happens. If you're new around here, you look around this room, yeah, we're a big church and we're a growing church. You're not gonna be able to find deep, meaningful relationships one service at a time on Sunday mornings. It's not gonna happen. You're gonna have to find your tribe outside of these four walls. It's gonna have to be your Monday through Saturday people. And we have people for you. You've gotta be willing to take a step towards it. And on that day, It's an on-ramp. We have life groups that are going on all the time. I'm thankful that because we're a life group church and not a church with life groups, we've got people to understand this isn't a function or program within the church. This is a lifestyle. This is who God has called us and created us to be is in these communities. And so people are living that way all the time now. But for some of you, if you're used to more of like a Sunday school format or you're just not used to any of it at all because you didn't grow up in church, This is an opportunity for you to go and shop all the groups that we're gonna have available. And we believe if you will open yourself up, the Holy Spirit is gonna place you in the perfect group for this season of your life. And you will grow and you will be encouraged and you will be challenged and you will start becoming the member of the body of Christ that he's created you and always intended you to be. That's happening on January 21st. And then... We asked the Lord, what's the theme for this year? He said, I just want you to be connected to my word. So that's the theme, living in the word. And we're starting right after this series, we're starting in the book of Mark. And that's gonna be the book that we're gonna camp out in. Sometimes it'll be more expository teaching, sometimes a little bit more topical, but we're all gonna grow. We're all gonna stay very tethered to the word. And our membership class is on January 28th too. That's our connect class. So Over the course of this month, some of you that are still trying to figure out if this is gonna be the church you're connected to, you're gonna get a great taste of who we are. And we're praying that by that time, any of you that are feeling led, that's when you'll say, I'm ready to commit to this house. I'm ready to commit and make a covenant to be a member of this church. That's what's coming up. Those are the plays. And here's the thing, as pastors, we wanna be calling the plays out to you on the field. We don't want you sitting in the stands anymore. We don't want you sidelined. We want you in the game, actually participating. We're believing for that. Let's talk about our roots. As God's child, he expects me to be fruitful. As God's child, he expects me to be fruitful. Luke 13, starting verse six. Again, our main text. A man had a fig tree growing in the vineyard and he went to look for fruit on it. He didn't find any. He said to the man who took care of the vineyard, For three years now, I've been coming to look for fruit on this fig tree and haven't found any. Cut it down. Let me ask you a question. 
When Jesus ascended and left this earth, where did he go? Heaven. Five people know that? We might need to start there in our study, okay? <laughs> Come on, y'all talk back a little bit with me, okay? Where did he go? Oh, he went to heaven. He's at the right hand of the Father, okay? Guess what? In heaven, that's actually where he came from originally when he came to earth, okay? So he knows in heaven, there's this tree called the tree of life. And that tree is producing fruit all the time. It never stops producing fruit. There has never been a season that that tree was not producing fruit. It's the tree of life. And so he had that context. He understood this is the expectation of the fruit that should be produced. There should never be a season, much less three years, where a, where a tree that has life shouldn't be producing fruit. How do you measure if something has life? You look at what it produces. So I think a good question maybe for us to start with, for you to ask yourself, how long has it been since you've really been productive for God? How long has it been since you've actually, truly produced something for his kingdom? In most of our lives, there are some area that's fruitful. Some of them are barren, some have no fruit, and some have rotten fruit. But Jesus doesn't use the word productivity or productive in the Bible. He uses the word fruitful or fruit. In the Greek, it's the word karpos. It means to be profitable in work, acts, deeds. What's interesting is God deals with these parts of our lives differently than we do. We write goals, we make resolutions, we come up with slogans and phrases and make t-shirts or put stickers on Stanley thermoses. You women are crazy. But God goes to the root. One of the reasons why I love winter is my yard is dormant. I love my yard being dormant because I don't have to mow a dormant yard. I like it because it all looks the same, dead. And I like how it's all the same color, brown. I, that's a great color. I love that color, okay? But here's the thing, soon it's gonna warm up. And then it's gonna become even more clear why I like the wintertime so much. Because all those weeds that I refuse to pay somebody to come and treat, they are still gonna be there. And they're gonna start growing. And I don't like that. So my favorite time to look at my yard in the summertime is right after I've mowed it. Because everything's the same height. It's all greenish in color. But how many of y'all know within about six hours, within about six hours, that crabgrass, those weeds, they start popping back up again. And then I'm frustrated. I'm like, man, you know, so I'm recruiting my boys. They're, they're cutting the yard now, you know. I'm, I'm gonna start upping the times that they mow it just so I have more peace about those weeds not showing up. We're just gonna mow it more. But how many of y'all know the weeds are still there? And the issue is I refuse to pay a professional to come and take care of what's going on underneath the soil. And because I refuse to do that, I'm in a cycle. And a lot of us live our lives the same way. 
We got stuff going on underneath the service that we refuse to let the professional, the Holy Spirit, the great comforter, counselor, and helper come in and actually take care of the roots of those things. And so those things are just going to keep popping up. And you may be able to fix something temporarily, but within just a short amount of time, it's going to pop back up again. Because until you let him do his job and come in and take care of the roots, you still got weeds. It's still going to pop up over and over and over again. God gets to the root. We try to cut back. He likes to cut out. He is the great physician. The Holy Spirit wants to come with a scalpel into areas of your life and cut some stuff out that was never meant to be there, that you let grow there or you let start to grow there because of something else somebody else did. But he's ready to do the work if you're really willing to get open. You've got to get to the root of why you really are hurting your kids or hurting your family. When those types of things happen, you can't just throw rose petals on things and and hope that it all works out. I've got to get to the actual words spoken, the actual actions done, and I have to actually turn, repent away from it. You can book the perfect vacation for your spouse or for you and your family every couple of months or every year from now until Jesus comes back. But as soon as you get home from that vacation, if you haven't taken care of the root, the weeds are still there. You're gonna have to let him do something. If we don't lean into the word, if we don't align ourselves with the Holy Spirit, then we're gonna end up settling for superficial changes instead of supernatural changes. God wants supernatural, eternal transformation and change. God is looking at the fruit of your life. If you are saved, if you identify yourself as a Christian, a Christ follower, then it should be visible. If the hand of God is on your life, and if you call yourself a Christian, the hand of God is on your life, it should be visible. Obvious, visible fruit. My soul is productive. My life is productive. My service is productive. The fruit of my life is represented in righteousness and the fruit of the spirit. The fruit of my labor, my work, my serving, my giving, it is sacrificial. It's not lazy or passive. The fruit of my lips, I praise God because he's worthy. I worship not just in worship, but with every action that I do. And my words glorify, build up, and bring life. John 15, 8 says this. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much, everybody say much, much fruit, showing yourselves to be my what? Disciples. Whatever the fruitfulness is, it brings glory to God. And the fruitfulness will look different depending on who you are, what you do, but all fruitfulness that is coming out of your relationship with the Lord, it will bring glory to him, it worships him, it praises him, and it brings honor to his name. Fruitfulness shows that you're a disciple. You are following after Jesus. But it says there will be much fruit. Here's the thing, God's not actually satisfied with just a little bit of fruit. He wants you to reach your full potential. He wants you to be hyper-productive. And I believe that there is a godly ambition that we should all have as Christ followers. Not prideful, not puffed up, not selfish ambition for ourselves to try to be great, but there's something holy about a godly ambition to build the kingdom of God, 
to spread the gospel of Jesus and to see darkness flee out of people's lives so that they can bear much fruit. Number two, fruit is always the result of the root. Back to our text, sir, the man replied, leaving it alone, or leave it alone for one more year and I'll dig around it and I'll fertilize it. If it bears fruit next year, fine. If not, cut it down. The problem is visible in the tree, but the solution is under the dirt. It's beneath the surface. And that will always be the difference between superficial change and supernatural change. You have to deal with the roots. No roots, no healthy roots, no fruit. No fruit without roots. Jeremiah 17, verse seven says, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. He will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when the heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in the year of drought. It never fails to bear fruit. In this verse, you can see two different times of trials or tough times that all of us will go through in life. The first one is times when the heat is on. And I believe that that heat represents the pressures of life, financial, physical, deadlines at work, relational. And when that pressure of life comes on us, if you don't have strong spiritual roots, you're gonna panic. Now I have noticed when this typically happens and people panic, a lot of times they go back to God because they're panicking. But then your relationship with God becomes conditional. Like I'm always gonna be closer to God when the heat's on. And God said, no, I, I came, Jesus said, I came to give you life and life to the full. I came so that before the pressure ever comes, you're living in so much intimacy with me that it doesn't shake you at all when the pressures of life hit. You've already been living under a peace that transcends understanding, a joy unspeakable in your day in and day out when the pressure isn't there so that when the pressure comes, you don't change anything, you just stay in his presence. You just stay under him when the heat's on. Proverbs 12, three says this, the righteous cannot be uprooted. And secondly, it says that there's gonna be some times when your resources are limited. That's when the times of drought come. And a drought in your life is whenever you're having to go through something, deal with something, and it seems or feels like you don't have what you need. You don't have enough time, enough energy, or money, or support, and you're gonna go through these times in life. What do you do during the lean times? You wilt, dry up, blow away. That's what a tumbleweed does. The issue with tumbleweeds is they have pathetic root systems. So they sprout up, grow this bush, and then the moment any kind of drought comes along, they're dead and they blow away. It's because the roots are not deep. The roots are not strong. I have this cactus, the name of it. One of the ladies in our church, she actually corrected the pronunciation of it after the last service. So I'm trying to remember how she corrected me. I think it's Sararo cactus. I don't know if that's right or not, but we're gonna roll with it. Sararo cactus, it grows in the desert. It can produce this beautiful fruit, but it can go with, for months without water. The secret is the root system. 
the, seek, the, the root system of this cactus, it grows out a 50-foot diameter, but also 50 feet deep. Huge root system. That is what God is calling us to. God is calling us to kind of have the, to have the kind of root system that no matter what drought comes along, we never feel like we're going without because we have more than enough. But here's the thing that our root system is not just our own. God didn't create you to grow alone. He put you in a vineyard. He put you in the body of Christ. You're supposed to be growing with people, along with people. And then he says, dig around it. Dig around it because you're gonna need some water to get to your roots. Number three, give your roots the proper oxygen. Verse eight, sir, the man replied, leave it alone one more year. I'll dig around it and I'll fertilize it. You'll see this sometimes with people's yards where they'll aerate it. I won't do that because I don't wanna pay somebody to do it and I'm too lazy to do it on my own, but I know that it's good for your yard. And basically you dig all these little holes. I, I have seen it, okay? I, 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 I play a little bit of golf. I actually love golf. I'm just not good. But every once in a while, they'll, they'll punch the greens, okay? And golfers, like we hate, like you're, you're excited to go play golf. So you show up on the course, you're like, hey, we punch the greens. And you just know on the greens, that means your putt is gonna be all over the place because there's, there's this dirt out there. But, but as a golfer, you also realize like, okay, the greens, they're not gonna be great this week. But next week, or in a couple weeks, they're gonna be great. The point is sometimes you're gonna to have to dig up the soil of your life so that they can get, so your life can get healthy again. Sometimes those roots need to get some oxygen and some nutrients in them that they can't get because the ground has been compacted. Sometimes around your life, the soil of your life has been so compacted. You know what it is? It's foot traffic. You know what the foot traffic's called? Busyness. The soil of your life is too hard for lots of reasons, but it's usually because your schedule is too full. Why? I don't know. Maybe you're raising kids and you're trying to get them in every activity and every sport that's ever been created by all of mankind. And so you are running around all over the place. But the problem is the soil of your life and of your heart is getting hard because you're not spending any time cultivating intimacy with what really matters. That's your relationship with the Lord. And honestly, your children that you love, you know what they need to see more than anything? You taking care of the roots of your spiritual life. You cultivating devotion and intimacy with your heavenly father every single day. That's what they need more than anything else. If you can do that and then add and sprinkle in some of this other stuff, great. But you're gonna have to take care of your roots because they're gonna follow your example. And imagine what their roots are gonna look like if they're following the examples of how you're taking care of yours. You've gotta take care of it. You've gotta dig up. What's a sure way of digging up and allowing oxygen to get into your life? The wind of the Holy Spirit. A sure way is serve somebody. 
Serve somebody. Lift up your eyes and see the harvest. Serve somebody. When you're being used by God to reach another person, for Christ to encourage them, it immediately begins to open up the soil of your life and let him take care of some of your roots. When you're used to reach a friend, a coworker, a neighbor, a family, a family member, it ends up bringing oxygen to your own roots. That's the reason why life groups and serve groups are so pivotal and important to our church because it's in these places with those people that your, the soil of your life gets dug up so that it can be poured into. Because when you get around biblical community, they're gonna tell, hey, you're busy. You're too busy. We can tell that something's off. We can tell that you need, you need some time around the word of God. I wanna do it with you. What do you wanna do? You need me to text you? I can text you. I'll text you daily. We'll go through scripture together. We're gonna read this together. If I ask you what God's speaking to you through his word, I wanna hear what he's speaking to you through his word because if you say nothing, it means you're not spending time in his word. And if you're not spending time in his word, you're not spending time in devotion. If you're not spending time in devotion, you're probably not spending time in prayer. And here's the thing. You miss one day of prayer, God notices. You miss two days of prayer, you're gonna notice. You miss three days of prayer, everyone around you is gonna notice because he created you and designed you to stay connected to him in devotion and serve teams and life groups, these people, your tribe, they will be there to help make sure that your roots are getting oxygen. Amen? Making it about others causes you to move. And some of you really need to get moving. Sharks have to have that mindset. You know, if a shark stops swimming, they die. A shark has to keep moving because if it stops moving, it doesn't process oxygen through its lungs, through the water. You need that oxygen hitting your roots. Reaching out is one of the ways that that happens. Moving into relationships, moving towards people that need encouragement, moving towards serving people, that'll bring oxygen to your roots. In the Great Commission, there's three words that I wanna emphasize. Be, go, do. And I wanna look at that right now. In Matthew 28, verse 16, it says this. Meanwhile, the 11 disciples, minus Judas at this point, the 11 disciples were on their way to Galilee, headed to the mountain that Jesus had set for their reunion. The moment they saw him, they worshiped him. Some, though, this is so important, some, though, held back. Not sure about worship, about risking themselves totally. That is a word from the Lord for some of you. It's time to stop holding back. It's time to, to stop letting the fear of risking and sacrificing for the things of God keep you in a comfortable and safe place. Here's the thing, it isn't a safe place. The only place that you're gonna find true safety is in complete surrender and trust in God. Stop holding back your worship. He is worthy of everything that we have. It goes on to say, Jesus, undeterred, went right ahead and gave this, his charge. God authorized and commanded me to commission you. Go, everybody say go. Go out and train everyone you meet far and near in this way of life. 
marking them by baptism in the threefold name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Then instruct them in the practice of all I've commanded you. And I'll be, everybody say be, with you as, as you do this, day after day, right up to the end of the age. Let's make this the year that we don't hold back. Let's make it the year that we don't hold back our worship. We don't hold back our devotion to his word. We don't hold back in prayer. We don't hold back in how we give, how we tithe, how we serve, that we're gonna go after the loss and we're gonna make it hard to go to hell from our city and community. Let's make it the year. Let me pray this over you. Let's close your eyes, bow our heads. Father God, I pray that we would be rooted in you, that we would be with you because you are with us, that we would be like you because we're created in your image, that we would be all in, that we would be in covenant with each other and with you, that we would be who you've called us to be and that we would go, that we would go with you to reach our city and community together, that we would go after the things that you want us to go after, that we go after your heart for people, the way that you went after our heart, that we would go after lost souls. Lord, that we would go to our places of work, to our communities, to our neighbors, that we would go and that we would go and do everything you've called us to do and that we would do our part. We do what your word says, not what culture says. We do what's right. We do what we know to do. We do whatever we've committed to do. And we do everything to bring you glory. We do it with all of our heart with excellence to honor you. Help us to be rooted in you and rooted in your house. Help us to go and reach our city and community together. And help us by your spirit to do our part, whatever you've asked us to do. Some of you, as you're sitting here, as you're looking at the root of your life, you realize that there is no life there. If there is any roots, it hasn't fulfilled any kind of purpose. And the only reason why that would be true is because you haven't surrendered your life to Jesus. And I'm not gonna belabor this because the word says that it's the Holy Spirit that draws people to repentance. And so what I know without a shadow of a doubt is even while I've been talking, the Holy Spirit's been nudging you He's been even speaking to your heart and he says things like, it's time. He says things like, I know you feel like you can't be forgiven, but I wanna let you know that what my son Jesus did on the cross was more than enough. He says things like, as good as you feel like you are at sinning, I'm infinitely better at forgiving. Receive my mercy, it's time. He's saying things like, stop living life from one pleasure to the next always being found empty again. If you'll surrender to me, I'll give you purpose. I'll give you something that's eternal. I'll give you the greatest joy and peace and fulfillment that you can ever experience. He says things like, it's time to surrender. And so if he's saying anything like that or any of those things to you, I wanna give you an opportunity to respond to him. The word says that if you will confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus died on the cross and was rose again by the power of God, then you can be saved. 
The reason why physical action, a physical act of your free will is so important is because God created you both physical and spiritual. He gave you a free will. And it's important that you let the free will of your physical body line up with the free will of your spirit so that it confirms your faith and your decision to follow him. So if you know that you're, you need to call on him, you need to surrender to him, you're away from him and you're ready to come back to him, I wanna give you a chance to do that, not just in your heart, but with everything that you are. I wanna, get, I wanna ask you, if that's you, I want you to put your hand up right now across this room. I'm ready to surrender my life to Jesus. I'm away from him. Look up at me as soon as we make eye contact and put your hand down. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. Yes, right there. Thank you. I'm ready to surrender to Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Thank you. Anyone else? I'm ready to call on him as my Lord and Savior. Anyone else? Okay. Got it. Anyone else? Got you, dude. Anyone else, I'm ready to surrender to Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Come away from him. I'm tired of playing games, trying to do it on my own. I'm tired of worrying about what everybody else thinks. I want to be who he's created me to be. Yeah. Anyone else? Thank you. Love that boldness. God will honor that. Come on. I got you, little man. Anyone else? Thank you. Father God, thank you for your goodness, your faithfulness. We are so humbled and honored that this can be a space and a place where any of your sons and daughters can find salvation. We thank you, Lord, for those that are here right now that are are saying, I'm ready. I'm ready to surrender to you. And I just encourage you at some point, go public with your faith. Tell somebody. As soon as the service is over, tell somebody. Here in a little bit, come up. Let our prayer team pray for you. Confirm that decision in you. Give you next steps. A great way to go public with your faith is water baptism. Here in a week, you'll have that opportunity. But right there, we just need to tell him, we need to respond to his goodness. Just say, Jesus, thank you. Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross for my sin and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe that you rose from the grave. Meaning you defeated death. You defeated the consequences of my sin. And I know that I'm still gonna make mistakes, but I know that your mercies are new every morning. And right now, I turn towards you. I turn away from the world. I turn away from my own selfish desires. And I wanna turn towards your plan, your purpose, your will. I wanna live for you for the rest of my life. I surrender to you as my Lord and Savior. Father, I thank you that you are showing 
all of us right now, the areas of our life, the roots that need to get healthy, the areas where we've let some things grow that don't need to grow. We ask, Holy Spirit, you would help us to be connected with the body of Christ, led by your spirit, tethered to your word so that we can truly produce fruit. Because Jesus, we, we believe that you're gonna come back and we believe you're gonna come back soon. And when you come back, we wanna be a people that are producing much fruit. We wanna be faithful to that. We thank you for your faithfulness in helping us. In Jesus' name, amen.